Welcome to the Van Hack Podcast, the podcast for tech talent that wants to get hired abroad. Okay, we are back. Welcome back. We are about to start our second session of the day. And I think you now learn all about the tech talent market. You might know already that it's not only about the hard skills, right? Like it's so important for international companies. They are also interested in knowing more about your soft skills. And for this, I have a really special guest today to talk about it. Let's welcome Victor Oliveira, who is a Van Hack success case. And I love that. He's a tech entrepreneur, a hands-on on software engineer leader with a strong focus on mobile, desktop, and web development. He has built um, and managed and mentored high-performing global dispersed software engineer teams. And he's currently building the NAPIS community that we mentioned at the beginning. So software engineers and engineer leaders can keep on learning and put their knowledge into practice. That is so good. In this session, Peter, he will share some essential information on the importance of soft skills, senior to instant senior tech talent, like you, and how you can sell those skills during an international hiring process. Peter, welcome. Thank you so much for accepting this invitation. And the stage is all yours. Thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Pleasure to be here. So I'm all, I'm a van hacker. So I'm going to be sharing some of my lessons learned during my journey. I'm from Brazil, Latin America. And so welcome to my session today. We're going to be talking about soft skills in a global tech career. So to start, my name is Vitor Oliveira. I am the founder and CEO of NAPS. NAPS is a tech school for software engineering leaders. And I have over 16 years of experience around engineers. So I've been an individual contributor, uh, mainly in back-end, front-end development, also iOS and Android development, native uh, mobile development. I have interviewed more than 500 people, and I have hired around 100 people in my career so far. So today I'm going to be sharing some of the things that I observe when I'm hiring people and also when I'm coaching software engineers. So to start, I'd like just to come up with the agenda. So we will basically be talking about communication. We will talk about uh, elements of effective communication and persuasion, flexibility and humility, and also extreme ownership. So how you can think about these concepts as a software engineer or as a leader in your organization. And it's a pleasure to be here chatting about them. So let's start by say the title of my session, but why global companies need soft skills right now? Um, why, why do you think that? So please let us know in the chat. Um, I'm going to try to explain why the soft skills are so important for companies and how you can uh, upskill in your career faster. And why is it so challenging to find qualified software engineers? So I understand that you guys apply for so many jobs, but why keep, why companies keep rejecting candidates and why why is it so hard to find a good fit for a company? So the first aspect is that demand and supply, they're not balanced. We know that the market has, it, it presents scarcity 
And uh, there is a lot of competitions between companies. So you have big tech companies, you have startups. Uh, if you are in Latin America, for example, you have uh, companies uh, nationally are trying to compete with companies abroad. So it's really hard to find software engineers. And also when we find software engineers, sometimes they are not prepared. So sometimes they don't have the uh, required soft skills or maybe they haven't had the opportunity to develop their hard skills yet. And why soft skills are important? Because first of all, soft skills are gonna allow you to communicate better, to you know, make a bigger impact in your career. So in the left, you can see a star that you, can, you cannot see the star very well, right? And usually the star is trying to get a job, is looking, it's pursuing a, a dream, it's trying to talk to companies to get a job. And when you invest in soft skills and also in hard skills, you change the game. So companies start looking to you and they start seeing that you're talented, that you have something different. So soft skills are kind of a competitive advantage for software engineers. Uh, most software engineers have like lack of soft skills. They, 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 they are shy or they don't have the ability to communicate like non-technical requirements with and mix these non-technical requirements with technical requirements. So if you can master uh, these skills, you're gonna be more attractive for companies. And today we're gonna be chatting about some of the things that you can start to do today in order to achieve this. Uh, so the first topic that I would like to talk is balancing your communication. And this is a lot about, think about the times when you under-communicated in your career, when you didn't speak a lot, and when you over-communicated. So you had the knowledge, uh, you tried to explain, but you over-explained. Uh, so how did you know when was the time to stop and when you needed to write a little bit more? So please share your experience with us. And how do you balance your communication nowadays? Please answer in the chat. So I'm gonna give you like one minute to think a little bit about that. So what does balancing communication mean to you? And what are some of the things that you usually use in order to be more effective in your communication? So let me bring one example. So imagine Peter, and Peter is a kid and he's in a classroom. And let's imagine that we tell Peter a name of a song uh, before the class begins. And, you know, everybody knows the song. It's kind of an obvious song. And let's imagine that we ask Dave to tap that song in his desk when he thinks that like 50% of the people in the class can recognize the song. Then he is obviously supposed to stop right at that moment. So whenever Dave or anyone else is asked to do this, they always stop long or before 50% of the people understand what song they are singing or he is singing. And in this situation, the song is Merry Christmas. Uh, so in, in, in this case, when we when we are trying to like guess what our audience uh, uh, understands, uh, we present a, a curse of knowledge bias. And this means that we, we have kind of the illusion of the transparency. 
So we, we, we are basically like trying to understand whether people un understood what we are the message that we are trying to pass. And we are not being 100% transparent. But how can, how can you avoid this kind of situation? And in this case, imagine that uh, you are not passing enough of information to your audience. And let's assume that you're under communicating. So what are some of the things that you could do in order to be more effective in this situation? So it, it can seem a bit obvious, but the first tip is that whenever you are stating a position, you need to come up with reasons. So using the word because, for example, is a really good mechanism in order to be more effective when you are explaining things to people. So planning before any meetings is important. And you as a leader in a team, and when I say a leader, I'm not talking about the title. I'm talking about you as a team member making decisions. You need to make decisions and you need to present reasons so that you can you are not under communicating with people. So that's my first tip. So whenever you're trying to explain something, try to bring reasons, try to bring premises to the audience. And usually the audience could be like the clients. Let's assume that you work in a consulting firm and you have clients that are trying to negotiate requirements with you, or maybe you are trying to negotiate deadlines with your team. So try to come up with reasons uh, uh, for your positions to explain then why you would like to make that decision. And again, can we think about a time when we over communicated? So think about the situation for example, imagine you are an intermediate developer or you are a senior developer and you were trying to explain some architectural decisions that your team needed to do and you over explained it to your team, but nobody really understood what you were saying. Can you come up with a situation like that? Maybe you were talking to the product manager about a deadline and you literally over explained a situation. So when, when does that happen often with software engineers? So, yeah, so I, I will give you some time to answer. Uh, I will review the questions after the session. Uh, but, you know, usually when this happens over communication, it is usually related to topics that are more complex. So we try to over explain things and we have the illusion of verbal clarity. So we try to come up with more details and sometimes we are making the situation even worse and we are not helping our team members. We are not helping our audience. So what, what is one mechanism that you could use in order to fix this? So think about that situation, right? Maybe yeah, you are the senior or you are the CTO and you need to explain all those systems. So what could you do in order to be more effective? Yeah, I, I like the analogy. So the, the first thing is basically to bring emails. So when you have like a very complex situation, you should try to bring emails to explain them. And uh, so, and when I say emails, I'm talking about diagrams. So if you are a software architect, 
maybe try to draw like some of the ideas in a database schema or maybe some of the ideas in a container. So you go to Drawio and you just draw your thoughts. Maybe you can also go to Scaly Draw exactly to draw your thoughts. So you need to use your creativity in order to try to explain things that are really complex. So use your imagination when you're drawing your thoughts. And this is going to allow and empower your team members to have more collaboration in your teams. And we were talking about uh, balancing communication. And now we are going to talk about five elements of effective communication. And communication is important because you as a team member, you as the manager of the team, you as the CTO, you want to pass the goals that you have for your tasks, the goals that you have for your team. And to be able to create this message, you need to be effective in communication, both nonverbal communication and also verbal, verbally, verbal communication. So the five elements are leadership by example. The second one is feedback, delivery and also receiving feedback. We'll be also talking about delivering praises and delivering apologies. So how can you express communication in these five situations? So let's just start with leadership by example as a software engineer. So in order to lead by example, you need to first show authenticity. So you need to show that it is real. Otherwise people are gonna think that you're faking. So think about that leader that disappears and after two weeks because the scrum cycle ended, she or he shows up and tries to understand what is going on and then tries to pass a message to convince the team in order to make a couple of decisions. So people are not going to trust that leader or maybe that team member. The second thing is that you need to make your actions observable. So people need to be able to see it. It needs to be public. Otherwise, how can I guess that you are doing something? And the third thing is that you need to make it a routine. So it needs to be part of your routine. So I would say that authenticity, observability, and routine are very important things. So if you have kids, for example, and you are trying to educate them, but you're just passing kids off a device, but you are not really doing that in a routine, you're, gonna, you're not going to convince them. They're going to replicate what is usual in their lives and what is usual in your life. So this is applicable for your personal life and also for your professional life. So think about that leader that you saw and you were very inspired and you were like, I want to be this person. Uh, because you were seeing that repetitive behavior, very consistent, and you were able to observe. So if you were a junior, intermediate, senior, or a manager, doesn't matter. You can module your actions in order to lead by example, and people are going to see that you are trying to pass a message. And you don't need even to speak. You're just acting. So it's a kind of a non-verbal communication that you can basically express. So that's the first um, mechanism that I would like to discuss. The second one is delivery feedback. So you as a team member or you as a, the leader of a team, you need to be able to deliver feedback to people. So and how do you do that? So first, you have actions in your daily basis, right? So you, you got to bring an action, a situation. And what was the impact of that action? So was it positive? Was it negative? And, and then what is next? Like if it was positive, 
Should we keep doing this? If it was positive, should we celebrate? Like, should we just verbalize for the rest of the team that that was uh, that had the positive effect? But what if it was negative? What is the plan B? So what are we gonna do? So no dramas. So you, when you are delivering feedback as a team member, you gotta have a plan before you communicate the message. Otherwise, it's gonna sound that you know you're in a bar just having a beer with your friends, and that's not the idea. So you you want to avoid drama. You want to you want to be objective with people. You want to be straightforward. Uh, this the third aspect is receiving feedback. So you as a manager again, or you as a team member, you need to be humble to receive feedback from people. And this is a lot about perspective taking. So what is perspective taking? It is basically understanding the other's perspective and understanding what they think about the, the environment, about the situation, about the teams. And maybe they have a different perspective than you have, and you got to respect that. So when you are receiving feedback, you, you have to ask, what behavior am I doing that you'd like me to change? And what could I do differently? Or, or what, do, what do I do that is awesome that I should keep doing? And the, the other aspect is delivering praises. And it's interesting because there are some team members that have a high level of appreciation, but appreciation is an implicit act. So you're not like saying that, you know, you're not actually recognizing that people did something. And recognition is a very important aspect in order to increase the level of trust in your teams. So, when you are recognizing people, you need to make sure that that's a sincere act. And it, it, I'm not talking about levels. You can be a junior developer and you can praise people in your team. So after this session, if you know that someone in your team did an amazing job, maybe send a private message and just say, hey, I'm very proud of your work. You are amazing. You inspire my career. I'm sure that that is gonna have a very positive impact. Or maybe like do that in front of others because that's going to be an example for other people. If you are a manager and you don't deliver praises, you got to create a mechanism in your team in order to be more effective and in order to increase the trust in your culture. So delivering praises is something extremely important. Uh, you you want to work in a happy team, in a team that people are very excited to make an impact, and you should start considering doing that today. And delivering praises, it's not only with your engineering team. So if you're with your mom and with your dad today, if you're seeing that they are doing an amazing job, go there, be, be humble. Just say, hey, thank you so much. I'm proud of you. And the other one is about delivering apologies. So everyone makes mistakes, right? I fail as well. I know that you are maybe in Colombia, in Nigeria, and you are trying to you know, get a job abroad. Do you, do you have an idea how many times I failed in hiring processes before I get my job in Canada, like five, four years ago? It took me some time. Uh, so failing is part of the process. You got to understand that you have your learning curve and this is going to take some time. And when you are in your team, things bad happen, right? So things that weren't expected to happen. And when those things happen, you need to have some sort of, mediation so you need to be immediate and you need to be able to acknowledge that impact 
if it had a negative effect, you need to be humble enough to go there and just to tell your team, hey, guys, I'm really sorry about that. I recognize that I was wrong and I recognize that we are learning this sense. And more importantly, you need to come up with the plan B. So here are the things that we are going to do in order to fix it. So you, you got to module your message in a way that you show people that you are a human and you also make mistakes, but you're there learning and you're trying to uh, fix the problem. So it is not a moment to make drama. It's a moment to take responsibility and have the right attitude so that you can lead by example. And besides communication, I would also like to talk about three elements of effective persuasion. So persuasion is probably a topic that most senior developers don't know a lot. And persuasion is very vast. I would say that persuasion has more than seven elements. And I'm basically bringing three elements that I would like to discuss with you today. So the first one is how, how can I build engagement with my team members? How can I build engagement with my manager? How can I build trust with my team? How can I build trust in my personal life? And how can I pass more credibility in a hiring process or maybe when I'm negotiating deadlines with my team? So the first thing about building engagement is that you need to make it relevant to your audience. So you need to identify and speak your audience interests and also needs. So, and, and that's because people pay attention more when you speak to issues they care about. So it, this deserves some investigation on your side and also observation, right? So if you are working, for example, in a squad and you have five team members, you got to observe who they are and you got to learn what they like and what they dislike. And you need to avoid using things that they dislike and you need to bring the things that they like so that you can connect with them. So learning how your clients behave, what are their needs or what are the needs of your team members is extremely important to, be, to have more engagement. And you also need to be humble to let your audience know that their input or their perspective matters. So how do you do that? You need to practice active listening. So whenever they are talking, just keep quiet, take notes, ask questions based on what they are saying. Don't, don't tell them your experience about the situation. Try to go deeper in their perspective when they are speaking. So here is one example. Maybe you are working in squad one. So you have team members that you do not talk a lot. And why don't you talk to them? Right? I mean, I'm not saying that you should be their friends, like very close friends, but you got to have some interest on them. You got to build this engagement. So you, you, you need to provide and you need to allow your team to build this good environment. And then creating these connections and engagement is something that is going to allow you to do that. Um, and how can you build trust? I'd love to hear like how you build trust in your life. I brought basically three elements of building trust. So I think like the first aspect of building trust is that you need to show happiness. And that's about like a happy source because happiness is kind of contagious. And when your team members or 
maybe when you are speaking to a client, they feel ha- that you are happy, they will feel more positive and confident, which can lead them to have more expectations about other people's behavior. So I would say that's the first thing. So if you are working in a company, be happy. Look, you are, you are investing in your career. By the time you leave your current job to another company, you're going to need to talk about this experience. So make sure that you're optimistic and that you are happy with your current duties. This, the second thing is how, which face do you appear? Like, do you smile a lot? Are you always sad? So you need to have a balance in your expressions. So you want to provide a higher inner brow eyes when, you know, and a very soft one, right? So you, you don't want to smile a lot because it's going to sound fake, but you don't want to be serious all the time. So make sure that you observe how your expressions are when you're t- talking to team members in the camera, when you are connected on Zoom, it's going to make a positive impact. So your energy influences other people's behavior. So make sure to always pay attention on that and be happy. Like your life deserves that and your career is waiting for that. And how can you pass more credibility? Like imagine that you have an engineering manager. She is a tough person and you would like to create more connections with her. So how do you do that in your daily basis when you have one-on-one meetings with her? Which kind of questions do you ask her? So questions can definitely be a great way to cultivate curiosity, but you need to ask the right questions because this is going to allow you to show your manager or maybe your team members that you have the knowledge that they lack. And usually you need to ask the questions about the things that they are talking about and they, the things that they don't know because you're going to make them reflect. You, whenever you're like expressing your thoughts, again, give reasons, right? You don't want to just state a position and show that somehow you are an authority in the knowledge because you, you are not an authority. You could have 10 years of experience as a senior developer or maybe 20 years of experience you still have a lot to learn and given reasons, it, it's best, basically going to allow to help less experienced people to understand your positions, even though you know that the things that you are deciding are correct. And obviously, like, be precise. So bring data, like bring numbers, like bring metrics from your team or maybe from the systems in order to be more effective in your uh, decisions. And that's about persuasion. And now I'd like to talk a little bit about resilience. And I think resilience is something that all software engineers are very familiar with because like building software is tough, like it hurts. And uh, if you want to grow and become a really great software engineer, you're going to need to like have determination. You're going to need to show, you're going to need to have persistence in your journey. So resilience is something that you have to build. And in order to do that, you need to start looking at the things that happen in your daily basis, the hard things about hard things, you know, and you need to look at them and you need to see it. Okay, what is this trying to teach me? So why is it so hard? And what are some of the alternatives that I'm not exploring yet? So one of the things that the previous speaker said was to find a mentor. So there will be a lot of moments in your career 
that you won't have the answers. So you need to have the ability to ask questions to people who are like 10 years ahead of you or maybe 20 years ahead of you. So find the right people for your career and make sure to centralize all the great questions to them. And then they will be humble to ask to answer you. And next, I'd like to talk a little bit about flexibility. Flexibility is extremely important because things, things change all the time in engineering teams, in terms of requirements, in terms of decisions. Like companies right now are laying off people and you need to be flexible to these new environments. And I would like to propose a quick interview simulation and I will be using the STAR methodology for that. If you don't know the STAR methodology, STAR is basically the situation, the task, the action, and the result. So when you join Van Hack Premium, they're gonna help you to build the confidence and also this framework in all the previous actions or experiences that you had previously. And I'm gonna categorize a situation where I show flexibility. And the question is, tell me about a time when you had to be flexible. Maybe you can answer this question in the chat. I think it's an amazing question to answer. So tell me about a situation when you had to show flexibility in your career. And I will answer in just a minute. So for example, in my career, I had to show flexibility in one of my software engineering roles previously when a team member left us. And my senior director, he basically asked me to take over all the duties that the developer was doing before he left. And I stayed late during a few weeks trying to understand all the characteristics of that system. I reached out to clients to understand their requirements. And then like as a result, after a couple of weeks before the developer left, I was able to take ownership of that situation. We were able to deliver the results that we were expecting. And finally, we got an NPS of nine with our client. So what do you see in, in my message? So you see that I described the situation, I described the task, I described the action and also the result. So talking about the result is extremely important. I said that we got NPS of nine. And if you are talking about the previous experience with someone, you got to bring numbers. You got to bring data to be more precise and to show more persuasion as we discussed before. So this is a quick example about the STAR methodology. Uh, it's very applicable to behavioral questions. Join us with NHAC or with NAPS to be able to practice these questions, we would love to help you. Uh, and now we're gonna talk about humility. So, just a minute. Okay, humility. So three ways, and I would like to bring three ways to practice humility in your software engineering teams today. So, the first one is we as the team are on the way to greatness. The second one is to celebrate achievements. And the third one is to demonstrate that you, that you have a growth mindset. And we're going to be discussing this now. Uh, 
so three ways to talk about humility is basically the first one would be showing a, a great uh, a, a way to show greatness. So in order to do that, you need to recognize and you need to listen without an agenda, right? And you as a team member, you can always ask for follow-up questions. So you, you want to build that um, humility that you want to listen to others. And this is a lot about active listening. And so maybe you're a senior developer and you need to work on your ego because you know so much about microservices. And when you are talking about to the junior developer that is still learning what a post request is, um, you got to show them that you are listening to them. And that's a great way of showing that they are in, in a way to, to develop their greatness. So the second thing is celebrating celebrating achievements. So again, I think I talked about that before. So celebrate achievements openly and giving recognition to people. So whenever uh, you see that someone less experienced or maybe um, a management person is doing something correct, take some time to celebrate achievements. I think that's a really good way of showing humility uh, in your team members. So you, you need to see that, you know, teams that do not celebrate, they are not happy teams. And you, you need to promote this environment where your team feels comfortable to celebrate. And for example, let's assume that you are working in a team and right now uh, you don't have this culture of celebrating the victories. So you as a team member, it's your responsibility to bring this topic to a one-on-one -on -one meeting with your manager and try to come up with some attitudes that could allow your teams to celebrate. So maybe, for example, I've seen companies who, that created Slack channels, like shoutouts, cha Slack channels, or gratitude Slack channels, just to have a moment where they can express gratitude for certain situations. Uh, this can be like even message, or this could even be like, privately or with your team, right? So take some time to recognize positive things with them. So the, the third thing is the ability to demonstrate a growth mindset. And this demonstrates humility that will draw others to you, right? So it, it reminds people of something we all share, right? We are all making mistakes all the time. We as humans, we don't have all the answers. I understand that you worked for Google, you are a senior architect with a large experience, but you need to recognize your mistakes and you need to be able to speak up about your mistakes with your teams. And, and next, I'm gonna bring a situation where I was the VP engineering in a company. I have a team of more than 20 developers and I made a mistake and I was able to tell my team that I was wrong. So demonstrating that you have a growth mindset, acknowledging your own stakes, letting people know that you are learning with your journey is extremely important because in that way, you're going to be showing them by your example that everybody is a human. Everybody's learning. 
you just have a little bit more experience than the other ones, but so what, right? And like growth mindset has a lot to do with extreme ownership. And I'm gonna be talking about a situation that I lived recently. So thinking about extreme ownership. Um, so think about those situations when you had to really take the ownership of the situation and you were in control. You, you had to make the decisions and you were able to achieve success and you were able to fail and you impacted others. Maybe you were with your family members. Maybe you were with your team. Uh, what situation was that? So I'm going to talk about an incident that I had recently. And incidents are nightmares. Incidents are awful. And what incidents teach us is that we need to have the humility to recognize that we made a mistake. And you need to share the lessons learned with the entire team. So that's the context that I was inserted when I had this uh, situation. So I was working in a consulting firm. We had clients. Uh, the clients were banks in, in the United States, in Canada, and in other parts of the globe. And there was an incident uh, in that occasion. And I was the VP of engineering. So we had a credit card system that had 100,000 customers. And we had a critical bug in the system. The client was pressuring us. And we needed to make a decision because thousands of customers were making transactions with the credit card and the transactions weren't, you know, arriving the system. So we need to make a decision in that situation. And I, I remember that we had some planning meetings before we made the decision. I analyzed the situation. I was with the software architect and I was also with the senior developers. We, we saw the systems. We, I chatted with a couple of managers that were working with me at that moment and that were reporting to me. And then we had a few alternatives and we had to make a decision together. And then we created a script. We used the Redis to cache all those unique keys. And we executed the script uh, like in the evening. And in the other day that I woke up at 6 a.m. with the bank calling me and just asking me for some clarification about what had happened uh, in the last night because it seemed to them that we charged incorrectly $150,000 in the cardholder's credit cards. And uh, so I, I didn't know what was happening. I didn't know what, what was the cause of that incident. And I, I had to go to a meeting with the vice presidents of the bank and I was the responsible for those squads, for the teams of the consulting firm. And they started asking a lot of questions about uh, what happened during that occasion. And, uh, and they, they, they really wanted to understand who was the responsible, like which senior developer executed the script, who, who made that decision that caused those failures. And, uh, and the bank... And we had to come up with um, a plan B for that situation, a recovery action. And we basically refunded that amount of money, like more than $150,000 in, in cash. 
And we, so the, 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 the customers could report to the, to the acquirers about those transactions and that could lead uh, a, very a very big problem to the bank. And, um, mm -hmm. and it, it, during that day, I, I was very worried. Uh, like I didn't know exactly what had happened and I had to take the ownership of that situation. And I was in a meeting with around like 20 people and then I told them that I was the responsible because I made the final decision. And uh, for me, like extreme ownership is about that. It is basically when, you know, you recognize that sometimes you have the knowledge and you need to make a decision for an entire team. And sometimes there is no responsible, uh, like sometimes the team made the decision that led to that situation. And, uh, but in that situation, I was the responsible. So I had to take an extreme ownership of the situation. And, in, for, and interestingly, I was promoted after a few weeks because the owners of the company recognized my example and they, they wanted to like, make me do more duties in the company and lead more people. So sometimes like recognizing the bad things that happens in a team or in a company can have positive impacts. The, the problem is when you have the inverse attitude and you're not showing a good example. Wow, so, Victor, thank you so much for sharing this experience. I think that it's something that it's really helpful now uh, about learning about your mistakes. We are like about to finish. You want to wrap up a little bit about your presentation, please? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so last slide is, uh, it's a lot about like uh, extreme ownership. So if you like, you know, I would advise you to own the things that you do in your life. So if you are working an engineering team, make sure that, you know, you own the tasks that you are responsible for. If you are married, like own that relationship. You are responsible for the successes and for the failures of that, of that relationship. You know, own your life and make a positive impact. So my advice is to lead by example, is, is to lead by your failures and it is to show people that you have the enough humility in order to achieve better uh, results together. So thank you for watching my lecture and uh, it was a pleasure to be with you. Thank you, Victor. It was amazing to learn all about this soft skills and also Nappies will also grant a coupon discount to all the Bank Con attendees. We are sharing the coupon here in the alerts. So if you want to join their program and learn more from Victor, don't miss it. I am sure everyone know now that they don't only have to focus on developing the hard skills, but also the soft skills to thrive in global job environment, right? Now, if you want to learn more about the, how to showcase your own soft skills during an international recruitment process, our Banhack Academy offers a course called Interview Performance, in which you learn insights and tips to develop the soft skills that will help you to be more effective at work and have more insightful stories to share with the interviewers. So you will be practicing the most common cultural field pitch interviews, questions to came up, so you also behavioral interviews, you know everything before, like practice, right? Practice is the key. Joining our Panhack Academy, you will not only have access to this course, you also have 
three other courses that will help you to nail your international recruitment process. And the best thing that I have to share today is that we have the biggest promo of the year that is going to start today. You can get up until 40% discount plus an extra month by joining our academy. Also, listen to this. Get the amount invested at the academy when you get hired through Bankhack. Is this amazing? I think it is, right? Now, if you, I think that you probably have a lot of questions about the academy program and other Bankhack process. So I want to invite you to join the launch. We are having a quick break before our next session and you can join the Bankhack team in the networking launch. An incredible opportunity to connect with our team, do all the questions that you have. We are going to have... Um, topics like coding skills for tech interviews, international profiles, how to succeed at Banghat, and much more. The spots are limited, so enjoy this moment, and I will see you in our next session about the Canadian tech ecosystem with our dear Ilya and Douglas Soltis, Editor-in-Chief at Veraki. See you soon. Thanks, guys. Take care. Thanks for listening to the Van Hack Podcast. Make sure to create your account at vanhack.com to access jobs that are hiring from abroad.